So the fact that the headlines on the news and the markets are in free fall doesn't necessarily mean that your entire portfolio is. It doesn't mean it's not impacted. It just means that you have to be careful and use proper context. So when you say thou shalt not compare your investments to the stock market, context is the key. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this week's podcast. We certainly appreciate your time as we talk investing, finance, and retirement here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Mike Stewart. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? Uh, doing great, Mark. Uh, always good to talk to you. Um, I think family's healthy and uh, Alabama football still undefeated going into this Georgia weekend. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's good. Um, well, you know, it's always, uh, you know, we're getting into this time of year where things are, leaves are changing and, you know, some things are back to normal. We're getting closer and closer all the time, it seems. But, of course, right on the horizon is a great big, huge event. I don't know what that would be <laughs> coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, actually, let's talk about that a little bit because I've got an interesting headline from your neck of the woods there, and I wanted to get your take on it. Uh, billionaire and Chicago resident Ken Griffin recently donated $20 bucks to a campaign that opposes significant tax hikes that are not, uh, excuse me, that are on the ballot for November here, just around the corner in your state of Illinois. So it seems like uh, someone's tax bill would probably be pretty high if they felt like they had to spend $20 million to fight those taxes. Yeah, well, we've already known from Trump's taxes and the otherwise, you know, usually the billionaires are the ones that pay the least amount of taxes. Uh, but, you know, it is a very kind of poignant thing that's going on in the Chicago market. You know, it's election season, so I'm sure in North Carolina, where you are, and across the country where a lot of other clients are. It's you know nothing but political ads, both on the local, oh, yeah. regional, and national side. And in Illinois, they're trying to pass something called the fair tax. And the fair tax sounds like a great name, right? We all want a fair tax. Illinois currently has a state income tax where, you know, just rounding it up, everybody pays 5%. So if you make $50,000 as a household, you pay $2,500 in state income tax. If you make 500000 then you pay 25000 in state income tax. So, you know, to me, that's considered fair. The more you make, the more you pay as a percentage of your income. Uh, what the fair tax and why... Um, Ken Griffin is kind of against it, as well as a lot of other people. Because if you look at the commercials, of course, you know, both sides are kind of painted in a completely different way, is the fair tax is actually pointing out um, a graduated income tax. So what they're saying is for lower income earners, instead of paying maybe 5%, maybe you're only going to pay two and a half or three or four. And if you make 100,000 or 250 or 500 or 5 million, then maybe you're going to pay six, eight, 10, 12, or be like California, pay 13%. Mm -hmm. You know, so for some, you know, a lot of people say, well, that makes sense. Uh, you know, and that's a completely separate debate on that one. So we won't have that one here. But what a lot of people don't know about that legislation is it's actually a vote to change the Illinois Constitution. So what that means is that it gives the Illinois uh, Senate the ability to not only change what those graduated tax rates are on a whim, without any voter improvement, but it also opens up the opportunity for local municipalities to impose their own local income tax, as well as Illinois is one of the states that taxes no retirement income. Your social security, your pension, any of your IRAs, 401k withdrawals, none of that is subject to state income tax. There's a little kind of footnote in the fair tax legislation that people are voting on that says that they have the ability in the future to tax retirement income. You know, so it's critically important, doesn't matter which side of it you're on, 
that if you're going to vote in that direction, you understand everything that's included because one person's version, you know, the government's version of fair is, may not be the individual's version of fair. So that's why billionaire Chicago resident Ken Griffin is basically, and a lot of other individuals are throwing a lot of money at it because it just is an open-ended checkbook as far as raising taxes in the future. Wow, really interesting. And uh, yeah, <laughs> these, uh, you know, sometimes these things get clouded in the bigger issues, or I guess the, I guess maybe not even bigger, but the noisier issues, right? So a lot of times we tend to hear, you know, some of the big noise going on and some of those little things can sneak by our radar. So very interesting stuff for sure. Uh, well, let's uh, let's segue into our topic this week, Mike. We're going to talk about following some financial commandments and maybe that'll help us a little bit with uh, planning for retirement so that we don't uh, get wrapped up in hitting, getting hit with too much taxes and just kind of being caught off guard and all those kinds of things that we you know try to do when we're planning for retirement to try to do the best job we can with that. And so let's share a few of these things here, and um, we'll just have a little bit of fun with the idea that uh, these things might should be written in your uh, stone tablets, if you will, for your retirement plan. So thou shalt not compare your investments to the stock market without proper context. I think just about anything in life right now, especially in 2020, proper context goes a long way. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, and, and this works on the upside and the downside. So, you know, when markets are booming, then, you know, we tend to be more conservative, more income focused because most of our clients are either right at retirement age or well into retirement age. And, you know, they're more focused on generating monthly income or not losing what they already have. Yeah, they want reasonable rate of return, but at the same time, they don't want to take so much risk that it could derail their overall financial goals and, you know, the amount of income they need. So it works that way on the upside that, you know, 2019 is a good example. Markets are up, you know, 30% on average and some of our portfolios were only up 15, 20. Well, that's still a win because that's far more than we anticipated, but we didn't have mm -hmm. to take a lot of risk in order to make that happen. Right. Now on the downside, we sent out a video back in March, you know, when the markets in that three weeks were down almost 35%, a matter of weeks, and you know, every headline is doom and gloom. And we sent out a video to, to clients, more of a reassuring one saying, okay, hey, you know, it's, it looks bad out there. They're talking about the economy shutting down, the markets have free falled, you know, over 30% in the last three weeks. But here's the important part. And this is what goes to this topic. I said, but the markets aren't your portfolio. A lot of our clients might only have 20, 30, 40, 50% of their money in the market, maybe at a max, because we are being more conservative. So the fact that the headlines on the news and the markets are in free fall, doesn't necessarily mean that your entire portfolio is. It doesn't mean it's not impacted. It just means that you have to be careful and use proper context. So when you say thou shalt not compare your investments to the stock market, context is the key. Yeah, very much so. Absolutely. All right. So let's keep moving on this then. That was a great job of kind of giving us some th uh, food for thought in that arena. Thou shalt not give up on the strategy before giving it enough time to play out. We see that often. Oh, all the all the time, and you know, and, and we've joked you know for the last few years on, on the podcast here that you know I am I am half financial planner and half behavioral or marriage counselor, <laughs> right. you know, and part of that is because it's the decisions that you make, good or bad, buy or sell, that are going to determine your long term outcome. It's not going to be the economy. It's not going to be, did you pick stock A over stock B? It's not going to be, did I take a little bit, a little bit more or less risk? It's about, did you come up with the proper plan that you need, and did you stick to it? Because a lot of people want the average returns. You know, so we hear, you know, you know, the stock market in general averages 10%. And that's true over, you know, most 10, 20, 30 year periods, but not over 10 days, 20 days, 30 days, or even three months. But that's how investors tend to think. Oh, it's up, it's down, that's the way they want to look at. There's an analysis that I follow, I've been following it for over the 20 years I've been a financial planner 
called the QAIB, which is Quantitative Analysis of Investor Behavior. Uh, you know, it's just a fancy way of saying they basically tracked returns of all the indexes in the markets and the average mutual fund investor, you know, the average retail investor, and then just have a rolling 20-year returns, you know, going back almost 40 years now. And what they found out in the one that was released this year, so going back from 1999 to 2019, so for the last 20 years, the S&P 500 has returned 6.1%. So not the 10% everybody thinks, but 6.1%. Because if you think about that first decade had, you know, a 50% crash in 2000, 2002, another 50% crash in 08, 09, you know, but has, you know, gone on to new highs as it usually does. Right. But what it said is that even though the S&P 500 over that 20 years returned 6.1, the average retail investor returned 2.6%. Why? Because when things are running hot, they want to jump in and take more risk at exactly the wrong time. When things are falling, kind of crashing to the floor, like in March or in any other times, the first thing they want to do is hit the panic button itself. So it's your, your behavior during good times and bad times, that whole fear and greed is what help, makes you make bad decisions. So, you know, half the time, the emotional aspect that I bring to our practice is kind of holding clients' hands. So when things are really good, just let them know that, you know, this isn't going to last forever, but we'll take it. And when things are, start to turn a little worse, as long as we're not taking more risk than we need to, then we're going to be okay, but we've got to wait this out. Yeah, and a lot of times that's really where an advisor comes into play so much for so many of us because, you know, as we've talked about before on the podcast, Mike, there's a lot of things you can do in today's world, you know, by yourself. There's a lot of DIYers out there, but really where, you know, the kind of the rubber meets the road is having that person as a sounding board to help you you know, talk yourself off the ledge or realize that the decision you're thinking about making is good, so on and so forth. So having that expertise, having that person there that can really help you, uh, who's been doing this a long time, that can kind of walk you through some of these things. So that's really where a lot of times that's one of the reasons we do the podcast is to share some of those ideas and thoughts for folks. Yeah. Um, and one of the things, yeah. Mark, that, that I share with clients along that same line of thought now, you know, and I'll follow up with a, you know, a more value statement after the fact, but you know, when it, if it comes down to fees, especially mm-hmm. the do-it-yourself or somebody's managing their own money or it's, it, you know, and they're in low-cost index Vanguard funds or something like that. Right. Uh, you know, what, what, I'll, what I'll actually say to them, when it comes down to the fees, do you see value in, you know, the offering, the advice, how our process of that on the financial planning side? If they say yes and say really then the fee, we charge a 1% asset under management fee, whether you've got 500000 or $5 million, just a flat fee across the board. And on that regard, we say, really, it all boils down to, do you think that we can earn you 1% more or lose you 1% less than what you would do on your own? Hmm. At the end of the day, that's really what it is. Interesting. You know, now, yeah. the value statement kind of associated with that is, in that 1%, we build in taxes, estate planning, investment management, all <laughs> right. that's included in that. But right. even just you know, at the most kind of you know, caveman type level, it's if you're going to pay 1%, do you think we could do 1% better or not do 1% worse? I like that. Yeah, that's very nice. Very simple way to look at it. And we're going to talk about fees in just a second as well. So let's keep uh, moving along here with our financial commandments. Thou shalt not chase big returns too late in life. You know, A lot of us do get in a situation where we feel like we have to push because maybe we didn't save early enough or often enough. And so that's that's pretty common. Yeah, it, it is because what winds up happening is 
you know, most people that come in our practice and who have a significant amount of wealth that's been through savings and investing, it's been not only because they've been diligent savers, but they've been doing it for a long time. So compound interest, you know, the rule of 72, all that works in their favor because the more money they saved early, it's allowed to grow the last 10, 20, 30 plus years. Now, when you get in your 50s and 60s, you're trying, a lot of people would say, okay, well, because I've got less time now, I need to be far more aggressive. But the reality is just the opposite. It's yes, you still need a reasonable rate of returns, but you can't afford to lose this money at this time. So you still need to take some risk, you know, a calculated amount, but that's where your financial plan comes in. You know, we call ours the retirement success blueprint. And that's where you let the plan dictate how you should be invested to achieve the goals that you want, rather than just shooting for returns only. Because what happens is if you're shooting for returns only, at some point, that's not going to work in your favor. And if you're that much closer to retirement, you can't afford to wait three, four, five years just to get back to where you were just because the market tank. And again, a lot of us do that. And it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've done something wrong, but it's continuing to wait and procrastinate only exasperates the situation. So the sooner you can take action, the better off you're going to be. And that's why you definitely don't want to start swinging for the fences too late in life because you can put yourself uh, even further in the hole if you make some of those mistakes. We've talked about that before on the show, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the financial red zone or whatever kind of conversation we want to have. If you're taking too many risks, sometimes it can really come back to bite you. So be careful of that one. And as I brought it up before, as you brought actually brought up before, costs and fees. So don't ignore those, right? Thou shalt not ignore those costs and fees because they can really add up. And sometimes when people feel like they're diversified or whatever the case is, they wind up having all these little fees, these little hidden fees everywhere, and it really builds up on you. And I'll give you a few examples. And one of the things in the last 20 years, you know, being a fiduciary financial planner has really surprised me is that if you think about it, if you go to the grocery store, you know, whether it's yourself, whether it's your wife, you know, go to the grocery store and you go down, you know, many times if you look for something, you're like, okay, you'll pick up the shelf. You kind of want to know what it costs. Surprisingly, a lot of investors don't do that. What they do is they just go to the grocery store, the financial grocery store, and just start knocking things into the cart and say, yeah, I, have a, I need this annuity, I need this mutual fund, I need this stock, I don't even know what this thing is, but let's go ahead and put it in the cart. And just because they're getting sold things along the way, it kind of reminds me of Costco. You know, I don't know if you've been up and down the aisles at Costco, but on the weekends, every end cap, they've got a sampler. You know, and that's kind of what a lot of people's portfolio looks like because, oh, yeah, I'll take that because you said it's free, even though it may not be. You said it's free or, yeah, I'll try this. And that's what their portfolio looks like. So what that happens is they're ignoring, you know, not only the cost, but any internal fees and other things that might be there. Plus, it's kind of like a financial junk drawer that they've got all this stuff, but they don't know how it coordinates itself. So someone will come in and let's say they've got a, you know, not picking on specific products, but I might as well. Let's say they've got a variable annuity. So variable just means there's mutual funds, sub accounts inside some sort of insurance product. So on that, they come in, they've got half a million dollars. It really hasn't been growing much the last few years when the market was up. And I'll say, well, did you realize you're paying three to 4% in fees, which is basically about 15 to $20,000 in fees inside this product. You don't see it, you know, it's in that prospectus that nobody reads. But it said, no, it's outlined here. I'll Google it, show it to them. And then they'll say, well, no wonder my money has been gone. The brokers got paid. The insurance company's getting paid. The sub-account mutual fund manager's getting paid. And yeah. you're fourth in line. So, you know, and same thing with mutual funds. Some clients will come in and prospective clients and, you know, they've got, you know, 30 different funds inside their portfolio and say, oh, I'm not paying a fee, an advisory fee. So why should I pay you? 
and then we'll do a cost analysis on the internal fees associated with those funds. And they may be paying one, one and a half, two percent. They don't know that they're paying it because once again, it's in that prospectus nobody reads. Right. But at the same time, it's it's important that you understand the value that you're getting for what you're actually paying for. Because many times what you think you're paying uh, or don't think that you're paying is actually going to be pretty surprising for you. Definitely. Absolutely. We've, we've made the cheeseburger analogy before, you know, uh, are you getting good value for your money if you go get a McDonald's burger at two bucks or if you, you know, spend money on a great big fancy burger for eight dollars? You know, it all depends on the perspective, right? So, uh, all right, one more here. So thou shalt not overlook the importance of rebalancing and diversifying. Yeah, your portfolio shouldn't be like Ron Popeil, you know, set it and forget it kind of thing. It's <laughs> right. it's nice to have that kind of autopilot when you're going. And it's okay when you're accumulating things when you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s and you're just throwing money in your retirement account. But as you get closer to retirement, it's important that you're rebalanced and you got to make sure that you're staying diversified. So in an up market, let's say you were 60% stocks, 40% bonds. In an up market, if you make no changes, you may look back six months, a year, two years later, and that 60% now represents 80% of your portfolio. So now you're taking far more risk than you thought you should. In a down market, let's say the downturn like we had in March 2020 here, where you know 35% down in a matter of uh, in a matter of weeks, right. then that's an exact opportunity where now you no longer have 60% in the market. Maybe you've got 40% in the market. So you might want to jump in and take advantage of the fact that things are lower and rebalance. So then that way you can participate in the rebound. So it's one of the things that you want to kind of have guardrails on the upside and downside on how your portfolio is supposed to look so that way you can smooth out the returns over time. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, Mike are saying that, that we could be seeing a very similar situation here at the end of the year, that 2020 could be really unique in that way for obviously the, the COVID situation back in March, and then we've got the election. And, and that, we've talked about that before. We've had a, a couple podcasts ago where we discussed elections and things of that nature. So, uh, And I'm sure we'll be talking about it right after it happens as well. So make sure you've subscribed to us if you have not done so yet, because there's always something going on, it seems, in the world. And of course, a lot of times that can affect and drive the markets. And that may affect how you're feeling about your retirement planning process. Of course, if you've got a good retirement success blueprint in place, uh, hopefully you can feel a lot better about that and weather some of those storms easily. And if that's the case, you need some help, reach out to Mike. As always, we say before you take any action, you should check with a qualified professional like Michael Stewart, the founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. And you can call him at 815-526-3092 if you've got some questions and get on his calendar. Again, 815-526-3092. Or you can find him online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, you can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. Just type in Retirement Success Blueprint or again, find it all at his website, crystallaketax.com. And while you're there, send us an email question and we'll ask those from time to time here on the show. And that's what we're going to do this week. As we wrap up, we've got Sally in Elk Grove Village. And she says, Mike, is this true? I just heard that I can get half of my ex-husband's Social Security benefit. Can I really take half of it away from him? I like how you present that. Can I take half of it away? Yeah, you so kind of wonder about, about that, right? Get half. You just want to take half away from right. him. Sally, so you know, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever it is that we know, we've had a, a lot of individuals that have come in that recently divorced, or even you know, within our practice, of course, life happens and people go different different directions. But the one of the biggest surprising things when I share with even even married couples, we're just talking in general about Social Security and that is that there is what's called a spousal benefit. So a spousal benefit is where Sally, you would be eligible if you've been married for ten years to the same person. Doesn't matter how long ago you divorced. 
divorced, if you were married for 10 years to the same person, when you decide to claim retirement benefit for Social Security, you can either get all 100% of what you're entitled to or 50% of your spouse's benefit. And there are some rules they have to have claimed and you know, all these other things. But in, anyway, that aside, what happens is that, you know, let's say you worked for you either didn't work very much outside of the house. Maybe you took care of your, your aging parents, maybe you took care of the kids or you know, just only worked part time. Then your benefit might be, you know, let's call it $600, $800 a month or so. But your spouse's benefit is $3,000 a month. Then if you're at full retirement age and you go to take those benefits, then you would have the option of taking your own $800 benefit or half of your spouse's benefit, which would be $1,500. So of course you'd rather have the 1,500 or the 800. That's what you call a spousal benefit. Sally, in your case, there's also something called the divorced spousal benefit. So once again, as long as you were married for 10 years before getting divorced, then you have the option of once again, claiming your own benefit or half of your ex-spouse's benefit. Now, unfortunately, with the way that you were the, the, the uh, question, is when you take half of his benefit, you're not actually taking half of his benefit. <laughs> right. You're taking the financial equivalent of half, but it doesn't impact how much he receives. So if he's still supposed to get 3,000, he'll still get 3,000. You'll right. still get the 1,500. And if he happens to have remarried, his current spouse may also be eligible for a spousal benefit. So without, once again, impacting your benefits. So what a divorce spousal benefit is for Social Security, you've been married for 10 years, you can either take all of your benefit or half of theirs. There are some other rules surrounding it, so give us a call and I'll kind of walk you through that. Uh, but it's important to know that a lot of people aren't aware that there is a divorced spousal benefit, there's a divorced survivor benefit. So there's a, you know, when we talk Social Security, it's not just something you talk about in the vacuum, you talk about how it fits into your overall plan. That's a great point. And uh, Sally, is that last piece you said uh, taking it away from him as Mike pointed out and he won't know either way so it's not like you get notified so for folks uh, and we don't have any idea what your thoughts are on that but you know when that happens Mike the person they're not notified there's nothing to sign no one knows it just is what it is right uh, exactly so so the, the process is and you know, we've helped a lot of clients with it is uh, what you need to come up with is uh, marriage certificate mm -hmm. and divorce decree and then that basically just shows that you were legally married for 10 right, years right. and you show that to Social Security and then they'll tell you what benefit you're eligible for. Yeah. So whether you have an amicable relationship or no relationship with your former spouse, uh, they aren't even involved in this process. Exactly. There you go. All right, Sally, thank you so much for the question. We appreciate it. As Mike said, it, there's some more little caveats here and there. Uh, reach out to him, give him a call and he can walk you through that. 815-526-3092 or anybody else who finds himself in a situation that they need some help with when it comes to their retirement plans. Get yourself onto the calendar. They're a one-stop shop so they can help you. There's they got the CPA, the enrolled agent, the paralegal, all that when it comes to helping you get to and through retirement with your own retirement success blueprint. So reach out to them here on the podcast. Michael, my friend, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you as always. And the next time we chat, uh, we probably still won't know who the president is, but we're gonna do we're gonna do a podcast uh, that week. So we'll see what happens. This is true. We'll talk to you after the election, Mark. Have well, a great one. You too as well. We'll see you. Stay safe and sane, folks, and we'll catch you next time here on Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. In 
investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation, and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.